0: He's one of Australia's leading brand experts, with a quick wit, and she's a successful business owner with a pop culture addiction. Together, they're The Spin Life. Whether you're a digital marketing novice, an aspiring influencer, or starting your own business, they're here to answer your questions.
1: Welcome to The Spin Life. I'm Courtney.
0: And I'm Sam
1: and we're the brother and sister team behind one of Australia's leading brand agencies, Spin & Co. And on today's episode, we're discussing the art of networking. Um, I'd actually go so far as to say that our entire business was built on Sam's amazing networking ability. So I hope to learn a few things here today too. Um, before we get into any tips and tricks, Sam, you have some very strong opinions on networking. So I wanted to kick off with what not to do. And then we're going to get into all the things that Sam has advice on what you should do. But you have this samurai analogy, karate. What is it?
0: It's none of those things.
1: Oh, what is it? <laughs> what am I missing? What am I forgetting? This is cards like ninja stars. Is oh, that what you're ninja to? stars. That's it. My bad. Sorry, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just don't like that.
1: So you don't like it when people go to like an event that's like one of those like Gold Coast business young people of the year or whatever, and then people are like throwing around their business cards to every person that walks through the door. Well,
0: uh, it's my opinion and, you know, I could be wrong and it's why none of these groups like me, but I don't know that you get a great deal of value out of those events in terms of a business network because generally speaking, and this won't land well, the room is full of people who are nobodies trying to meet a somebody, but there's no somebody's in the room. So you're not going to realistically expand your network you know, unless what you're looking to do is expand it with people who are like some people when they're growing a business, you know, they like support. They like to talk to other people who are going through the same thing. You'll find those people at these events for sure, because they're usually small business owners. But if what you're looking is to grow your network and, you know, bring clients in and blah, 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 these people don't generally exist at these types of events because they attract the same audience, which is people who are starting out or getting going. Most people who are, you know, at a point where, their business is sizable enough that they're doing well, that they may be a source of information, don't have time to attend a lot of these events um, or they're like the speaker and they leave or whatever. Um, so I've just never really found a great deal of value in these events because you sort of go and, in my experience, you meet every lawyer from the region that the event <laughs> is, every accountant, every... So are they you know, good places
1: if you are a lawyer and an accountant trying to get clients? Is that what why they're there?
0: I mean, maybe it is. I, I mean, I don't know. I've never tried to obviously drive business in those industries, but... I guess if you've got small service providers in the room and they need legal assistance or accounting, I mean, they do need those things at some stage or another. So I guess there's some value to it. But I think, you know, specifically speaking to those types of events, try and search for events that aren't, you know, just a networking event. Like you'll find other events like, um, you know, uh, women in tourism is a big one and, you know, things like that, where it's not designed as a networking event. Like let's get a lot of business owners together to talk. And I think also the smaller groups feel better to me, not the ones that are a couple of hundred people and it's, you know, grown to just this really an excuse to go and have a drink. Now, again, if what you're looking to do is expand your social (laughs) network, then I think that it is a great place. And again, if you're looking for people who are going through similar growth concerns that you are like, you know, the loneliness of growing a business and whatever, sure. But I think if and what a lot of people, when they refer to networking, generally speaking, they're looking to try and expand the network to drive new business or new clients or whatever. Um, they're usually looking for somebody who can be that client. But I very rarely find that those people exist at a lot of these events.
1: Okay, so let's cover why do you think network networking is important, and if you're bad at it, is it important to build on your skills if you're a small business owner or someone that's trying to start a business? The service kind of vibe.
0: Um, I mean, if you look, I mean, no matter what industry you're in, or whether you're in a business, whether you own a business or not, whether you're just an employee, networking is, in my opinion, a crucial um, ability to have. I think if you're an employee and you're, you know, it doesn't. you know, A lot of businesses, if you're trying to grow a service-based business, your network is what helps you grow your business. But if you're an employee, it's always handy to have a good network. So I'll split this in half. If you're an employee and you know that's kind of the direction that you want to go, then I think it's handy and you can work on your skills. If you're a business owner and you're not a very good networker, I would find somebody who is because I'm not sure that it's a really acquirable skill per se. You can hey, certainly get that's better what at it. I did. It. You <laughs> know, well, like,
1: myself to a networker. You
0: can get better at it, but I just, I don't know that you can become the type of person that makes the whole process efficient. Like you shouldn't have to go to 800 networking events and see the same person 80 times before you yeah. develop something with them. You need to be able to do it in one go in one session you've met five people and, you know, you've met a relationship.
1: One of the main drawbacks, I think, like for someone like myself who, like I wouldn't say I'm like bad networking, I'm just like don't really like it and I'm not like amazing at it like you. Um, I think one of the main things, I'm not sure if that's the same for everyone, but for myself and I know other women similar to me, it's the sort of the, the fear of going to an event alone and having to do that small talk and initiate that conversation. It's sort of, it's more the fear of actually doing it than actually when you're in a conversation, like it's not that difficult. Do you know what I mean? How do you – like you don't have any fears with those kinds of things. Did you ever, when you first started going to places, have fears or you just didn't give a shit the whole time?
0: I mean, it's not – I wouldn't say I've ever had a fear of it. Like do I enjoy going to an event and having 800 conversations with people that I have no interest in talking to? Not particularly. But again, I think that people – they sit down and they decide, I need to network. And so they seek out a networking event and then they go to it and they put themselves in these pressure cooker situations. Well, first
1: they go to Print.
0: Well, uh, yeah, and then find the ninja stars. But they, <laughs> they then, like, I, I think that most people underestimate the network that they're surrounded with. So as opposed to looking around you and realising, like, who could be in your immediate network, why not network there first before you start to... That's what you did. You didn't events. go to these events. You originally uh, were no, at, at, at the all. jobs
1: that you were at. You built strong relationships.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, what you know, one of our first, well, the biggest client we had early on, was where I worked, um, which was a case of two in two places where I had a job, um, and so it just helped from there. But then also, you know, like I made a point to get close with the head office staff at one of my jobs or like the higher up executives at one of my jobs. And then later down the track, they left those jobs and they moved into another business. And then when I had the business, then we reconnected. Like I just think people underestimate the network they're actually surrounded with as opposed to let's go to this contrived networking event. And that's when I think the pressure cooker situation's on because it's very difficult. And also I think it's very hard in a networking event because you, could end up if it's a seated event you could end up seated with people who have you have no interest in meeting you know i mean and like i said i think a lot of these events are filled with network marketers and just people who are looking to just i guess create business out of the event but at a low level means like they're like i said a network marketer who's looking to pick up two or three people there because every person's a customer for them you're not going to go there and network with you know the next owner of google now this doesn't I guess, apply in all circumstances. We live in a region where we're not surrounded by heavy business leaders. I'm sure if, you, if you're listening to this and you live in Silicon Valley and they're holding a networking night, I'm sure that the crowd that's attending those is a very different makeup. Yeah. This, what I'm saying is very specific to the area that I'm talking about, like Australia in general, but again, that's gonna scale. The Gold Coast, certainly, Brisbane, certainly, Sydney, you might have a different audience there. But in my experience, if the networking event is like, you know, come one, come all, it's not the room you want to be in.
1: So where is the balance between like you, you're talking to someone who you know would be really good to make a connection with for your business. What's the balance between coming across desperate and just trying to get their bus- your business card in their face to actually Whoa. building a meaningful, mutually beneficial relationship?
0: Firstly, things change, right? So like if you're listening to this and you're a nobody, like you, you're currently working a job and you just wanting to start your business, you only start at 10 minutes, like you're on the bottom. Don't just think that you can walk up to the CEO of the business you one day wish yours could grow to and you're going to have a conversation and they're going to help. Like, That's very rare. And I know there's a lot of people out there who are like, just try emailing. You never know whose attention you get. That's very true. Give it a whirl. But on the day-to-day basis, I think, a lot. again, a lot of people underestimate the fact that networking takes time. A lot of the people that I have met over the years, in and I could tell this story in a hundred different ways, have had no significance to me and have ended up being hugely valuable to me because they've also grown in their careers or with their business or whatever it might be. So like, you know, it's not necessarily like you go to an event and you're like, I need to meet someone who X, Y, and Z roles. You don't know what the person who's just like you is just turned up there could be doing in five years or in two years. So it's super important to keep that in mind as well. Like it's, I think again, if you're, it it comes down to levels, like it's a hard way to sort of to phrase it. But if you're at the very bottom, you're going to unfortunately ha- be able to network with people on your level or slightly above it. You're not going to be able to stroll into an event with the best of the best.
1: You could get really lucky if you're like a plus one, maybe. <laughs> well, maybe. But if
0: you're the best of the best, then you're networking in your you know your yeah, audience. Cool. And look, if you're lucky enough that you can make that happen, you know, you've got to contact you. You know, the person responds to that one email that you sent, whatever. Then harness that for everything it's worth. Sure but i think the most important first step is to realize that eventually if you meet 10 people who are on your level maybe one of them only but one of them could end up being someone you know really high up or really powerful or whatever it might be um, so that's the first thing to i think be super aware of the second then on the off the back of that is then to go and you know determine how do you talk to these people and i guess it's if you're approaching a networking night with an outcome in mind, other than just meeting people, you've approached it in the wrong way, in my opinion. I don't think that you should go to an event and think like, this person's the perfect client for me. So you talk to them for five minutes and it's like, so who's handling your accounts? Who's handling your legals? Who? I just don't think that works. Cause again, I mean, who's going to the, very few people are attending a networking event and being like, oh, I'm going to go tonight and hopefully find a new accountant I like more. That's not a thing. So like you need to create real relationships and so it just involves having a real conversation with the person and that's why I think the freaking out component doesn't necessarily apply as much because people are going there thinking I need to do this or I need to do this. It's just like uh, it's more of like a human level. You just need to go and be able to have a conversation and if you're a lawyer or an accountant or whatever, life's tougher because you're talking about some pretty droll stuff but you just need to be able to make... I guess, what your knowledge base is more appealing in a discussion. You know, if you're a lawyer, like I met with a lawyer the other day and we were talking about how the law applies to influencer marketing, which is obviously very much in my field, but then also the legal stuff is interesting to me. So you just need to be able to have a conversation without being boring. Like if you're a lawyer, don't go up to someone and be like, oh my God, I can't even imagine. Can you, did you see this complex legal framework that ASIC's reviewing right now? No, nobody cares. But like you know, if you're an accountant, why not discuss like, oh, it's May and the um, $20,000 immediate um, business expense write-off is expiring in a month and a half. Do you know anything about that? Do you know what I mean? Like talk about stuff that could actually be valuable to people that you're talking to. And maybe then they'll remember like, oh, you were that guy that told me about the write-off deduction or the, you know, this legal thing or or whatever it might be. But again, it's more about just having a general discussion with people to the point where you would then think, like, maybe I'll speak to them after this night because that can't be the premise of the relationship moving forward. I'll see you every single month at this silly networking event. Yeah, I just don't think that works. But again, it's very difficult in a networking room context to not be desperate because most people, in my experience, are. They're all there desperately trying to grow their business. Or, and this is the other thing that makes them nauseating, is everyone there is just like oh i'm actually just killing it like <laughs> oh so much going on i have your whore can't even breathe i'm so successful it's like i just don't understand tell me a story about your kmart shoes again <laughs> like what do you mean like i can't stand the like you go to this room and it's just everyone in the room trying to pump themselves up so much that so it's like why did you come tonight yeah if, are you here to just brag and hope that that's going to result in business because it won't so like what is the press so I think by the time you weed out an audience of a general marketing, a uh, n- general networking event of the people who are just pumping their own tires up for no reason for ego, people who have no interest in, you know, who are too small and are never going to help you, just the k- tire kickers who are there to sort of get an idea and then the people who are just there for a drink. You're left with like one person out of 200. What, yeah. what a chance you're going to find that one person out of 200. Pretty rare. But maybe it's a good room to start testing. Tying having your skills. Yes, yeah, starting talking to people who you don't know and having a you know a random conversation and blah 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 and i mean if you go the good thing about a networking event is that most people are going there to meet new people so it's not awkward you're not like in a room where you see someone from across the room you're like oh my god that's the owner of xyz or the whatever and then you have to like awkwardly walk across the room to them and be like hi i'm this person they're like get away from me i think at least in a networking room you can start to Like, oh, no, that line didn't work. Or, no, it was clear that that was boring. I shouldn't have said that. You can start to understand what it is that interests people and what it is that doesn't interest people.
1: So say, let me just conceive a scenario here. So it's Christmas time. Your partner works for a a a big company. You're at the Christmas party. You're invited. You're a plus one. And then one of her work colleagues, her husband's quite an influential man, and you think, oh, this might be a good time to speak to someone, build a relationship – how do you go about that what are the tips we're not in a networking event we're outside of that but you see someone you've got a chance to speak to someone who might be of influence for you what do you do
0: well i mean the situation you described like calm the fuck down because like you're <laughs> at someone's plus one and you're like rolling into the event and you're being like a ninja thrower oh, like yeah. hi by the way i have like a Network the marketing, Ponzi, The husband's just in the like,
1: corner together having a chat, like, oh, my wife, uh, you know, whatever, yeah. and you're getting a chance, you know? Tread
0: lightly, like, don't be that event. person. One of
1: the guys brings a plus one, he's someone, it happens to, you know I what know, I mean?
0: but don't, like, come in on someone's coattails and turn it into, like, oh, you're that person going around the party being, like, oh, my God, who handles your legals? Like, um, how do you do it? Like, but this is, like, the strangest question to me. How do you talk to another human? Well, you, just want have to a know conversa- you just have a conversation with them.
1: But how do you ever, like, do you go in specifically like, oh, what do you do and do you act dumb or do you know what they do when you...
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, again, it, there, there's so many variations so many to this. I know. You yeah. know, you're not going to go up to Mark Zuckerberg and be like, what do you do again?
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, you're in, is what is the, the internet? I
0: mean? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it starts to become bizarre. So in that situation, no. If Richard Branson's there, I wouldn't be like... Oh, you're so familiar. Put What's my that face? finger facing? on it. I wouldn't do that. But, uh, you know, 99% of the world, there's it's a reasonable chance you're not going to know who they are. You know, they're not that famous or anything. But uh, I do think if it's someone that's substantial notoriety of some, you know, even in the business community, if they're known, I don't think you go up and play dumb because that's even more insulting. I think you just... Did if you it's, know who I am? Yeah, I just think it's... Well, it's also like you're saying it the whole time. And it's like, this is uncomfortable. You clearly know who I am. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? Um, so, like,
1: I, so say you're in an event and someone wants to approach you to network with you, they're starting out, they want to use you as sort of a person that they can connect with. What do you want from a person trying to network with you?
0: nothing i'm hiding at all times um from every event no, sorry I think i'm just gonna phone i'm just gonna <laughs> yeah sorry i need to leave immediately if i'm in a room where it's networking i'm in the wrong room um no i think that you just i think you acknowledge immediately if, again if the person's got somewhat notoriety i think well sam
1: i watch your rants mate
0: yeah like oh, you know you abused me once um i think that one it never hurts to Inflate someone's ego, no matter how, whether they're known or not known, it's they're going to feel good if they've been spoken about. Like, if someone's out there and in this day and age, there's a long list. If someone's out there and they're like putting out content on LinkedIn all the time and they're like pushing hard, and you do know them from that, but they're not very well known, but you've seen them on LinkedIn doing that, I don't think it hurts to go up and be like, "Hi, I'm Sam. I saw oh, I've your seen your stuff on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. That was interesting." But you need then something to go on from there, and that I think is where the depth comes in. You can't just be like, "Oh, I've seen that you post on LinkedIn." <laughs> What's
1: you're active on social yeah. media
0: what what did you do to today <laughs> do you know that's awkward i mean if you're truly invested which you should be because this is super important to your business you should be able to be so, "Oh, i saw this oh and you posted the other day about um you know the change in instagram likes and you said this i thought that was super interesting you know like the other day i got into a conversation with somebody on linkedin about um it was a journalist who said like attention pr people I, ha- I do nine people's jobs now. I'm not going out to your event anymore. I don't care. I'm not going to get a coffee with you. This whole desk side concept doesn't exist anymore. We don't have the time for it. And so I wrote back into that super interesting. He had just said about coffee desk sides. I wrote back and said, what about like an event invite? Does that change things? Like, are you you know, more likely because it's an event? And he wrote back and said, no. So like, if I saw I this person- I can't leave my desk, I'm chained here. Yeah, it. literally. And if I saw this person in public, you know, you could have that conversation with them like, oh- That's super interesting. Is that something that PR agencies are doing all the time? And then, you know, like, is it, do you know the answer? Maybe buy into that, let them talk about their expertise. Anyone that you're speaking to that you want to find something to talk about, don't make the onus all on you. You don't want to be talking. You don't want to be asking questions that lead to single word answers or similar. Open questions. Well, open questions that drive straight into what their knowledge base is. Like if you're talking to a lawyer, I mean, I keep using a lawyer's example, which isn't a good one because I have not you know like knowledge that's beyond that. What someone's talking to you? But if you're talking to someone like in my field, you know, it's you, you know they're going to have some opinion on influencers, they're going to have some opinion on media, they're going to have some opinion on the changing landscape of PR. They're going to have you know Bad drivers. Well, I mean, yeah, me specifically. But (laughs) you're going to want to find stuff that's going to make them go on and on and on. And genuinely, then you have to listen to it. Again, that's when you can't be like, oh, we've been talking for 15 minutes. So who handles your legals? Yeah. Like you can't die. I don't think in the first occurrence, and sure, there'll be exceptions to this, but I can't envisage in any realm where on the first meeting, even the second, you pitch someone business. Like you just don't see it. In my experience, and I was lucky because I started super young. And so I didn't necessarily have anything to pitch per se back then, but you should just try and meet and get to know as many people as humanly possible to increase your odds that those people may go somewhere in their life, and therefore it is handy because then when you call them five years down the track, which sounds ridiculous, then it's you've never asked for anything in five years, we've kept in touch.
1: Yeah, you're just making friends in high places. You're not exactly, and like, no matter what
0: happens, anyone who's on like no matter how old you are now. Well, that's not true. But to an extent, the age that you are now, your similar age demographic will grow with you. You know what I mean? As people go from their teens to their 20s, to their 30s, they become more senior in the businesses they're working in. 30s to 40s, fifty. you know, they continue to get more yeah. senior. So it just helps. And I also am like a huge believer in it doesn't really matter what someone's role is. Eventually there'll be some value. Like if someone is in HR, and I use HR as an example, because, oh, it's so boring, Um, And I couldn't stand talking to someone about HR, like deal or imagine. But if someone's in HR and they become the director of HR for a company, they know the CEO. (laughs) They know the other director of marketing. So like uh, there's no one that's of no value to, and you know what? Like someone, like the world is too small. Six degrees of separation is a real thing. LinkedIn is trying to prove that with this whole like removing, uh, like how far you are in terms of, I can't remember the language they use, but like a second connection or something like that like how far you are can your network um introduce you to someone you know this network blah blah and the idea is that everyone can introduce you to everyone so you just maximize your chances of getting to somebody by simply talking to everybody that you can and generally creating a good relationship like i remember years ago we were doing one direction was in country And we were doing work with them. And I was in Maya at Pacific Fair. And I remember this so well because it's like underpins every time I think about it. But and I was walking in circles because when I'm on the phone, I always pace. And I was walking in circles in the perfume department level one of Maya, ground floor, not level one, um, walking around in circles. And I was on the phone to Niall Horan of One Direction. And we were talking about he wanted to do something. I think it was go to Culture Kings, ironically. Anyway, walking around in circles. And as I was doing it, I was walking, I realized after probably 20 minutes or something of circling this one location, I was circling the perfume section where there was a life-size One Direction cutout and these girls are taking photos. And I thought that's so true of the world. These girls are standing here and have no idea that only 30 centimeters from them is a guy on the phone to one of them. Like you just don't know how close you are to the person that you ultimately want to know or speak to. Yeah. And so I just think there's such value in speaking to everyone rather than going to a networking event where it's like you just meet every accountant and lawyer in a region, which also could be valuable. My point is, is at the best use of your time, look around you. There will be people in your immediate network who can introduce you to people.
1: So... Just, I just want to give like a tangible tip. Is it a good idea, like say you're at this Christmas party, whatever, and you see the guy that's like, oh, I I know him from LinkedIn or whatever. Is it a good idea to just do like a quick Google to like get something that would be a talking point if you don't really know necessarily off the bat? I mean,
0: I don't, I'm not built that way. Like I don't need to do a a quick Google to, you know, like, again, it's just a human being. I don't think you need to work yourself up so much about it. Like imagine what's like, and one thing I can tell you from meeting the most famous people in the world to just knowing the you know, like friends of mine, to everyone's the same. They're all just people and they're all just living their life the way they are. It's just some people are more famous, and have more money or whatever. So you don't need to overcomplicate things in terms of like, and I've seen this so many times, you meet a super famous person and people are like, what do you even say to them? You speak to them like a normal human being and then they will speak to you like a normal human being and then things will be like you're two humans. Like it's just so super important. And so I think the tangible tip today is one Stop thinking about what event can I go to, where can I go to meet this person and immediately look in your immediate network. Who do you already know, not that well, but know that you probably haven't developed a decent relationship with?
1: Also, like if you're a young person, cause we do get some young listeners that are, like, you know, even just in high school, your friend's parents.
0: Definitely. I did. I have that. I have a great relationship with a lot of my close friends' parents who all of them were influential business at people. At the time,
1: you didn't really know. You were just your friends' parents. But now no. you see the value in, like, having those relationships.
0: Sure. And, you know, it's even worse than that. Like, none of them specifically have ever driven – I'm trying to – think if there is, but I don't think any of them have driven a direct client into my business, but they've been a hugely um, positive sounding board and like just knowledge and understanding well, Also, and they've access. been able to link
1: you up with somebody else yes. that would be able to help you with things. percent And also, we went to All Saints and that was a big base of networking as well. Just the school, essentially, you built great relationships with the headmaster and other teachers and that's brought other business as well.
0: Yeah, I think, it, again, it's just, I don't think people... Like, I think people want to seek out a networking event because I think that has all the answers. When every day you would encounter 20, 30, 40 people who, in my opinion, would have more ability to connect you to somebody than any one of those networking events.
1: So Gary Vee always talks about sort of online networking in that he says, jump on Twitter tweet to 20 influential people that you aspire to be and ask to meet them for coffee. Don't oh, go for I Richard f- Branson. Go for someone like, that's more attainable. What, yeah. what are your things on that? Like people just tweeting he's at people. He's
0: nauseating, Gary. I mean, <laughs> honestly, like it gets to a point with him. I think that he's so at scale with content that he needs to fill the noise gap. Like he's just trying to say things. Again, I think that there's so much of this, like if only I, and, and like put down a piece of paper. Who are the top five people if the world, would give you. Here's the genie. I'll put you in the room with five people, and you list them all down. I guarantee you take nothing out of those meetings
1: because no people one's are writing like Branson, Gates, Zuckerberg, right? Yeah, like
0: they're writing all those names. It's like nothing's gonna change. You're not gonna go into that room one because you're not like in the position. It's not like you own some huge Chinese manufacturer, and if you just showed, you know, Tim Cook this thing it would change the face of iPhone so he's going to hand you a <laughs> billion dollar contract very few people are in a position to actually change their situation based on a meeting like that so it's actually pointless and having proximity to someone like that believe me I've had proximity to a lot of them they don't you don't innately become a business mastermind that's not a thing either i just don't know that there's all this value in having someone super close to you and i also and this is why i don't like business coaches i don't love this idea of a crux of a crux of a crutch (laughs) like i you know if you find a mentor you can't run back to your mentor every time and be like what should i do now you have to make that decision yourself fuck up realize it was a fuck up fix it and never do it again because if you haven't done that and your whole business is built on somebody else's advice well then you'll never trust yourself you'll never understand in a really important moment what mistake to make and the mistakes you should make are in the early days because the longer you leave it the more expensive they become and the more irreversible they become so this idea of like tweet this like person, blah, blah, blah. I just cannot in any realm imagine where the super value is in that. There are very specific examples of that works. Chris Martin and that dude from Australia with the lineup oh God, wristband. I actually had that exact scenario you know, in my head. I mean, Chris Martin's always worked. in
1: front of mind for me, so that's fair. You know, and that but was But you're, you're the saying guy. that, but the other thing is a couple of weeks ago, you did exactly this, right? But in the reverse.
0: Like I'm not on the top of the food chain though, am no, I? No, of
1: course, but you did put out a call out to people and say, "I'm in Sydney if you want to have a coffee to catch up with me." And you, yes. you met up with a few people, right? And I, I assume that would have been valuable.
0: Look, uh, to be honest with you, I think it was unbelievably valuable for the people that I met with. More valuable than I would to have thought. 100 for the first two all the time. <laughs> I, I truly believe it was more valuable than I th- anticipated it could have been. This person was trying to start a business uh, in the product space. and But again, and this is exactly where this uh, fine line is between why a business coach is worthless and why a business coach is valuable. This person was just doing a lot of airy-fairy thinking. They had in their mind what they wanted to do but it was all very like, oh, I'm just, you know, and then do I want to spend the money on here and how will I do? It was all, all over the place. And it was also a lot of like, I have a friend and that friend knows a person who can do this for me. And I was like, eliminate all of those people. Unless you know them, they're pointless. If you're trying to bring a pro- like a product out, go to China, as in like online, don't get on a plane. like <laughs> You know what I mean? it was a lot of like you're just making excuses do the following and have them done within 2 weeks because if you haven't done them in 2 weeks you're a lazy fucker and you're never going to be successful like that's just the the be all and end all of it like if you can't do these things very quickly then they're the basics that would require you know very limited resource and limited mind power if you can't handle those forget owning a successful business and so a lot of those meetings were level one of that but also two. there's a whole bunch of like stupid little hints sure that i can give that i've used over the years that like you know i want to get a logo made cool don't go to a big design agency because they'll take seven years to build the damn thing go to an online service like 48 hours logo and they'll build it in two days you know what i mean like there are tips like that where it's like no do this it's two hundred dollars yeah. get moving And that's sometimes people that are
1: just building a business need to know where the resources, the bulk of their resources need to go. So some of that
0: certainly is like information that is like. It's not IP, but it's information that I have that they wouldn't be able to easily. Yeah, locate. you've learned from those lessons. 100%. We've done
1: the big agency logos, and we've done the forty-eight hour logos. You exactly,
0: know? and we've, and um, to be honest, and I'm not bagging anyone who's a graphic designer either. To be honest with you, you know, the Spinning Co logo was developed by a design agency through a whole bunch of thoughtful process, and we have other logos for a whole bunch of projects that were forty-eight hour. It, it's just different. Yeah, but it's it shouldn't be a prohibitor. Again, like there's that quote. I don't know if I believe it but there's a quote something to the effect of if you're not embarrassed by your first brand or your first product and what it looked like then you waited too long I don't hate that idea. It's, it's true for us. We've had, what, three or four true. logos now that we've been through? Three or four. And some of them were disgusting. Three or four were just in the first
1: year. Now we've stuck with the same one for some time.
0: Which, who knows? No, um, so like, <laughs> no, I, I just like think, it. No, I do like it. <laughs> so I, I just think it's that's where the value is. And again, so when I had those meetings, it was very much like, you're not doing this, you're not doing this, you're not doing this. And when I speak at events, for example, you get tangible questions and you can give them an answer back. But often the, an- the questions are very broad. broad and they're very intangible. But... I will say that, you know, when it comes to reaching out to people, like I said, I think there's super value into coming and sitting with someone like me, for example, who isn't Tim Cook, who it's like, what is he going to give you? Yeah. What his expertise is, is, you know, inspiring his people and but running your a huge expertise company. Is
1: the Gold Coast, which someone on the Gold yes. Coast actually needs or Australia, like building a business from the ground up, doing everything like not having like. Um, big money or big backing, yes. like just doing it straight off, doing everything yourself. Yes, you know what I mean. Sometimes that's more tangible than hundred you know, percent. And I
0: think there's a lot of people out there who it's an ego thing again. They wouldn't come and sit with someone like me or someone like me in Sydney or someone like me in Melbourne or whatever because it's like, oh no, like I don't want to be seen like I need help from that sort of a person. It's a lot of ego stuff. Like I just think the ego. Yeah, gets you still in the have way conversations
1: of, with successful businessmen. It's not about so seeking help. It's, it's about you all have that. different ideas.
0: 100% but I just I think ego comes into a lot of it especially in networking. You look around you there are people that you already know that could be super helpful for you in the future or people that you know who they know like et cetera et cetera. There are hugely valuable connections that exist in all of our existing worlds. You don't need a networking event.
1: Two things I want to finish on just quickly. Number one, in case you do meet someone at a networking event or at this Christmas party or at your friend's birthday party or the school gathering, whatever it is, and you do have a good connection with them, you had a really good chat, you're not sure how you're ever going to see them again, what do you do? Do you follow up and try and find an email and reach out? What do you do?
0: Um, I I would have thought that in the situation, if it lent itself to a catch-up, you should have been able to access their information on the spot. If for some reason you don't, um, I would then use social media as some kind of um, light-sounding board. But sense the tone. Don't add them on Facebook. Weird <laughs> AF. Um, if they're a private Instagram, let them know to get off the platform. But, um, you know, like, I don't think it's weird to go and follow someone on Instagram after you've met them personally. And then you know, engage in conversation through the Insta you know, stories and yeah, stuff like, like that. leave a comment, engage in the conversation, and then you know, does it the room. time present itself where you say, let's get a coffee? Probably
1: excellent. Also, I wanted to finish on Sam. Are you doing more events, and will you be doing a call out to if you want to catch up with you or meet with you?
0: Um, yeah, we uh, as always with everything I do, um, it's off the cuff.
1: Um, as was that question, it sounds like I've planned said, to like yeah. now promo your That's next so event. That's so funny.
0: www.pyramidschemes.com. <laughs> Please buy my oils and everything else.
1: I just thought like in case there's something in the back of and your mind. And some
0: timeshare. Um, well, because
1: the other day you did it like literally if you want to meet with me now in Sydney and that gave yes. people no time. Should people try and stay more in tune on your Insta story? Is that going to be something you're regularly going to try and do? Well,
0: here is the problem, right? I have like... He c- here comes an egotistical statement, but I have hundreds of DMs in the other folder. Hundreds. Right? Yeah. And they expire after three weeks. Do they? Yeah.
1: That's where they all go. Oh no. So no, unfortunately, unfortunately no one messages me. So
0: unfortunately everyone's messaging you from economy being like, Courtney, what's it like out there?
1: Oh, okay, um. no one of the podcast got that joke, all right? That's what the uncensored life Then I'm not podcast. buying
0: into the uh the personal story and I can't help you. Uh, so, they expire after three weeks. And so, I'll often leave them in there and be like, great, I'm going to come back to you. And then my life occurs where I yeah. do a lot of stuff. And so, then the person goes missing. And then, because they're all in the same... Like, they all respond on the same day. Three weeks and one day hits. They all disappear. Okay. So, we just need a better system for people to reach out. I have people now who DM'd off the back of Sydney and said, when you get back. But again, if I went through now, yeah. you wouldn't be able to find them.
1: The system needs to be like maybe spinning cars. Then I can... Monitor it for you. Well, to the
0: spinning <laughs> car, it needs to be like an email, email it needs to be something. Yeah. So you want to do. but yes. Anyway, if
1: you reach out to them at some point in the <laughs> beyond three weeks ago, yes. maybe do it again. But <laughs> did
0: you know though that if you reach out, um, so if they've DM'd me and then it expires and disappears, and they re DM me, the original message still sits there. Oh, we know what you're so up it to. It comes back, so that's good at least because yeah. you can kind of track like, oh, you did try before. Yeah. Um. So like you're a uh, you know you know, and you're events lately. Um, who know? Look, you know, it's funny, actually, was thinking to myself the other day that I need to do some media about it. What really left a sour taste in my mouth about the events was this whole people who were like, oh, it's a scam. Yeah. If it's free, I must get there. And then you're trying to sell me into something like That's a pyramid a or whatever, thing. which it is. But I was saying I'm not. And also, like, if you know me, I would never do that. It's just not something I would do. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get there. And it's like, kidding, it's a time-chair sales presentation where you will have to stay for 90 minutes and you will be an offer to purchase. And
1: on your way out, there's some essential oils <laughs> for you to take <laughs> on.
0: Literally, or a singing bowl. So <laughs> it's just not my sort of style. So I just don't know how I'm going to reposition those. But I mean, like, I'm super open to it. I mean, if people got value out of it, like, which they supposedly did, um, I like the idea of it. It's just, we just need to get a better approach taking into account that feedback.
1: Also, time.
0: I mean, time isn't too bad in terms of, like, the planning. Absolutely not. Like, in terms of it being on my list of things to be like, let's coordinate this. You to rock up and do a
1: one-hour event. You've got that time. I've got the one-hour
0: event time. The (laughs) end. The
1: planning that the rest of us will have to do. Everything
0: else I've got none for.
1: (laughs) All right. That's pretty much it, I think, for that one. I think next week what we're going to talk about is making your side hustle your full-time business. Hustle. Well, I know that you don't really like that term. but Sam hates hustle. But. Which
0: I then got abused because apparently it was racist. Remember that? No.
1: What's I posted is hustle said, I like an African American term?
0: Yeah. Apparently, hustle came from the black community, and they've like blah blah blah. And so, me saying it meant that I was like against black people. Like, you need to just sit down, okay. Karen. <laughs> I am not in any is way. Karen, what we're going it with? It landed pretty well, didn't it? Cheryl. <laughs> that
1: also worked. I like Cheryl. I like Cheryl. Beryl is is a button pusher. Aaron Beryl. saying Beryl. Mm. Beryl's too old. You, Beryl's you, in you her eighties. You can 80s. really hit Cheryl, like and she's Cheryl. got a walker.
0: Don't tell me Cheryl. Yeah, I like Susan. Cheryl. You can hear the no, two. No, Susan
1: answers. was too like Susan. Like it was too jarring. I got
0: a lot of Janet.
1: We have an auntie Janet. I really I do know. like Janet for you to use, but it is difficult. Someone to use said someone Margaret, that Margaret, which
0: is mum's name, obviously, but like I don't like it anyway. It's Margaret, too long. It's Margaret. way too long.
1: Also, like because of the West Wing, Margaret is in Leo, his assistant. It just you, you can't use it.
0: I didn't get there at all. She's tier <laughs> okay. <dear> two.
1: Missed. <laughs> we need to finish. All right. So, this podcast was a production of the Spin Studio. Just stay up to date with the Spin Life. Don't forget to su- subscribe to this podcast and to follow us on Instagram at Spin and Co. Thanks for tuning in today. We'll be back next week. Bye. Sam, say goodbye.
0: See ya.